2: This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast.
3: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Investock. It is Tuesday, August 17th, 2021. And of course, the summer is moving by pretty quickly. Falls upon us pretty, you know what? Uh let's see, September 21st. Isn't that the official end of summer? So we've still got a month or so. And it certainly isn't a time to be distracted. And it's essential you maintain your portfolio focus. And, you know, there's been lots of volatility. Markets close to its highs. Had a down day today, but you still have to stay focused. Expect more volatility also. On today's program and podcast, we will Operate with the same mission statement we always do, independent thinking and share success. And of course, this is our assurance to you that we'll provide accurate information that we, we, we will help you as much as you, can, we can. And your idea sometimes helps us. We like that. Sometimes we get some great ideas. I mean, today I got an email from someone correcting me when I talked about uh, insurance the other day. So we'll talk about that quickly and make sure I want to get that corrected. Um, and, you know, the, the process that we use to, to come to the conclusions that we make is something that we we do share with all clients and all prospective clients and you as well. Now, obviously, over the radio radio airways and on the podcast, we can't go into the detail that, you know, we would like to or that we should. But we can give you an overall, you know, a picture of the positions that you ask about. Uh, but you can ask about anything financial. It doesn't have to be about stocks. Anything financial, we'll talk about. Okay, so we we'll are welcome all questions. We're live today, 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday we're live. And... Uh, you can call us during the live program, the number is 888-99-CHART, but you can also call us afterwards. Anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, leave your question and we promise to get to it. We will. So let's get right to our first listener line question.
0: Hi, fellas. Uh, I've got a uh, stock of wondering whether or not I should hold on to. It's uh, Cirrus Logic, C-R-U-S. Uh, it's got pretty good fundamentals, but it's kind of been on a down downtrend. And uh, But it's kind of leveled off. It's just kind of gone sideways for a little while. But I'm just uh, wondering if you think I should hang on to it
1: or should sell. Thank you. Bye.
3: Okay, when the stock goes sideways for a while, it's obviously either going to break up or break down. So what you want to do is judge the odds of which direction it will take. Okay, Serious Logic is a $4.5 billion company. this designs analog, mixed signals, ICS is an embedded software for audio and industrial energy markets. Okay, energy markets. Well, so that's oil, natural gas. You know, even you know, also wind. I'm assuming and 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 solar. Okay, I, I'm assuming that. I don't know that, but it says energy markets. It has made money. Always has made money. Has never lost money in all the years that I have data for. It's going to make $5.04 this year, up from $4.58 last year. That's a 10% gain. And then next year, another 10% gain. That's the estimates, $5.52. It's a $78.75 stock. Stellas growth. Well, if you go back four quarters, it shrank 11% four quarters ago, then grew 30%, then 5%, and the most recent quarter, 14%. So it's not that high of a growth. It's still a growth company but not as high as we would like to see. Mutual funds are maintaining their position, not really adding to it. So over the last year, quarter over quarter, they're not adding their positions. The P.E. ratio is 18. Going forward, the P.E. ratio will be about 15, 16. And the five-year range is 9 to 23. Return on equity is 21%. Cash flow is very strong at 538. So what I'm telling you is going sideways, and the longer it goes sideways and they maintain this kind of growth, the odds of the stock popping up are pretty high. But it's not growing that fast. So it's not going to be, it's about fair value right where it is. So it's not cheap. It's neither expensive either. It's not that either. It's fairly priced. So unless there's some big catalyst, you're going to have to be very patient to get um, this stock to continue going higher, because there's there's got to be a catalyst for something, something exciting that they're doing. They, you know, and it's, the growth rate is not exciting. It's just it's just a decent growth rate. Okay, so the P/E rate should be around 15, and it's 18 now. So there's no reason to expect it to do much different. But the longer it goes sideways, the more it earns money, the more it grows. Eventually, it should go up. My focus point today concerns a story. Employers have no return-to-office plans in place for one-third of remote remote workers. So employers don't have a plan to return to work for a third of their employees. That's going to be our our main focus point. The labor market today is much different than it was just before COVID. I think we have a permanent change. And I've said that before. I think we have a permanent change in our labor market. We'll talk about that. I think it's an interesting topic to discuss. Okay? Other topics we're going to touch on. Did you see the 30-year mortgage? And what it is, 2.77%. Uh, we'll talk about that briefly. Vanguard says the best investment to fight inflation is this. And I'm going to tell you what it is. And it's very interesting. Uh, remember, this is the best investment to fight inflation. Hmm. So what do you think that might be? And I'll give you a hint. It's not It's not precious metals. It's not precious. Even though that's one of the better ones. Retail sales for July. We got those numbers. Kind of disappointing. That's why the market was down. JP Morgan remains bullish. Hmm. We'll talk about that. The Dow was down 282 points. The NASDAQ down 138. And the S&P 500 was down 32. So it was a pretty down day. And that is not, you know, and I do believe it was retail sales, the disappointment of retail sales that caused it. But, you know, we're still near highs, 52 highs. We really haven't had a correction yet this summer. We only have about, what, 30 days left in the summer? Well, we don't necessarily have to have a correction in the summer, but generally we do. And generally, it could happen in September. I mean, September, October, November, it could happen anytime. I think we'll have a pretty normal cycle year, meaning... We will be going into October in on a low. So sub, uh, this month or September, we're going to have some kind of correction. Of course, you know when people predict stuff like that, like I'm predicting, they're usually wrong. I, I am a firm believer you cannot necessarily predict the market. I can talk to you about tendencies. I can talk to you about history, but I can't tell you what it, the future is, but You know, I I can tell you the odds. I think the odds are more that we're due for a correction. We are. Okay, 888-99-CHARTER is our number, everybody. 888-992-4278. We will have a trivia question at the break, as we usually do when I'm on the show. It has to do with student loan debt. Student loan debt. Okay, so we'll get to that. We're heading to a break. Leslie from Georgia. Hang on. You're coming up. You will be next on InvestTalk. 888-99-CHART. Summer's moving fast,
0: and you can't afford to lose focus. So have your finance and investment questions ready, and call Steve Peasley now. InvestTalk. 888-99-CHART.
3: Let's talk to Leslie in Georgia. How are you doing, Leslie?
0: Good, good. I really enjoy the show.
3: Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: Um, I was looking at two banks, um, Signature Bank New York, (SBNY) and Wells Fargo, WFC. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to know which one would be the better hold over the next five years.
3: What was the first one? Um, F-D-N-Y. F-D-N-Y? F-D is y f d
0: isn't
3: boy. Oh, F-B. Well, I like Wells Fargo. <laughs> Maybe I'm precious. I don't know. They're a $200 billion company. They don't only pay a 1.6% dividend. But I like they're going to make $4.34. It's a $48 stock. So it's about a 12 P.E. And that's on the lower end of the range, I mean, though the range is 6 to 23. I don't like the return equities 4%. That's pretty low that for a bank. But I like the fact that they just started turning their sales growth around. And they're big and safe. I like that part. Um, so that would be my pick. Um, if you were going to invest. Uh, they were down as low as the 20s and the 20s, uh, mid-20s. In 2000, uh, and today they're at 48. So they've already had a pretty good run. So I just don't know how much upsize left because it's so big, it's hard for them to grow very fast. But that would be my pick. Leslie, appreciate the call. Thank you for listening, too. Uh, My focus point today concerns a story about employers have to return to office, have no return to office plans in place for one third of the remote workers. Now we all know of People started working from home because of COVID, and I can tell by the freeways because I've always, I have never not went to the office. So I've gone to the office all the way through. I'm the only one uh, that has, Uh, so I know exactly what the traffic's like. Remember, I'm in Southern California, and the traffic is still light compared to the previous time. So I know we're we're still in that period of time where, you know, the workers are, are uh, working from home. So um, one of the problems they're having, of course, is the new variant coming out. And so even if they had some of the companies that had plans, uh, those plans been uh, postponed or completely did away with until they see uh, the next wave come, you know, until that wave crests. Okay? And I've noticed, uh, if you've seen the statistics, that it's 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 uh, hitting mostly unvaccinated people. Mostly. So, vaccinated people are really not at risk. I mean, of course, they have some risk, obviously, because there have been vaccinated people who've gotten it. And that's, of course, why the government is pushing for the booster shot. Right? That's why they're doing it. But... Nearly 25 percent of those who are still working from home don't ever want to go back to to the office. They're going. To, they want to work from home and stay home. They want to be remain uh, remote workers. And I have a feeling there's going to be a massive amount that will that will happen. That you will stay from home, and I, I, that's why I say I think I think we have a um, a, a cultural ch- cultural change going on here. So I think we're gonna see more and more people not go back to work, work from home, and I actually think that might affect real estate prices and because you can work from home from anywhere, really. Right? You don't have to as long as you have high speed internet connection, you can work you can move any any place you want to. And I think it was already moving. The workforce, the US workforce was always moving in that direction slowly. I think all the COVID did was just speed up those plans and it's permanent. Permanent. Listen to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And for investors and for investors, the need to remain vigilant is never, never, never stops. It just doesn't. So be you gotta pay attention to what you what you have in your message, and you've gotta prevent fear and greed deciding your decisions. So give me a call. Talk about it. 888 99 charts.
0: The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief risk alize quiz.
2: Greetings to Justin and Steve. This is Michael out of Redlands. I have a question about the T. Rowe Price Health Sciences Fund. Ticker symbol P R H S X. I'm interested in the fund due to the fact that every single day there's 10,000 baby boomers turning 65, and by 2030, every baby boomer will have reached that age. And the chart looks good, historically looks good. I know that's not uh, indicated what's going to happen in the future, but I do believe. That these baby boomers
3: and the medical industry will continue to need the services and grow. Just want to know your guys' thoughts on the uh, kind of a long-term play with this mutual fund. Thank you very much. Appreciate the information. So it's all a play on health sciences sector. T Rowe probably Health Science uh, Mutual Fund, and I do believe, and I've said this before, I think that's a good sector to be in. I think. Uh, I agree with you. The baby boomers, there's a big slug of us going through. We're, we're retiring in massive amounts, and as we get older, there'll be more and more health services needed for that group. So I do like it for that reason. Um, I, and that's about all all really you can say about it. I, you, there'd be a mutual fund that you just hold and don't don't do anything with it. Just leave it alone. Let it grow. You would look at the top ten holdings or so and see if you like those holdings, and there and it's just pretty diverse in that sector. So this is all you would need to invest in that entire sector. You don't have to have individual stocks in that sector if you're going to go this route. So yeah, I like it. Nothing wrong with that. Eight 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 ninety nine chart is my number. You can call anytime you want. The thirty year mortgage is at two point seven seven percent. A month ago it was at two point nine five. Three months ago is 2.96 and a year ago is 2.88. So it's at a, a, a very close to its all time low, 2.77 for a 30 year mortgage. Now I have told you, that I think the peak of the real estate market is in and being this low is fine. And it's very helpful with the state market, real estate market, but I think this is the low. So I think it has nowhere to go but inching its way up. Now, could it go lower? Of course it could, of course it could. But if inflation stays with us like it has been, uh, I, it's hard for me to imagine that interest rates would go lower. But it could, because the Federal Reserve could push it further down if it wanted to. But I have a feeling the Federal Reserve is getting close to making changes in its uh, policy, and I'm and that'd be minor changes, really in tweaking. But any change they're going to make is is going to be uh, going to make rates on bonds go up, not down, because they're looking at inflation too. They're looking at a you know an economy that's pretty much recovered. They're looking at the unemployment rate falling half a percent last last month, and it's probably going to come down. So they see no reason to make anything any looser policies. They don't see any for. And looser policies mean interest rates push them down further and have a bigger bond buying program that reduces, uh, increases liquidity in the market. They don't need to do that anymore. So their next move is probably on the upside in interest rates. And that means mortgage rates are probably at their bottom. Okay? You're listening to Talk, everybody. I do appreciate you uh, calling and, and listening and rating our show. And let's tackle one of our iTunes review questions. Question about Oshkosh stock, ticker OSK. They have deals with the U.S. and other uh, country militaries for a new battle vehicle that will replace the Humvee. Just wondering if this stock is good long-term play. And a good buy point at this point. This is, The U.S. is spending more and more money each year on defense and military. Thanks, love the show. Well, you got to remember that may change because usually, in general, we're talking about in general, usually Republicans in charge spend more money on material, military things, and Democrats in charge spend more money on social programs. That's just a generalization that is kind of true. So are they going to spend more money on military vehicles? Well, hopefully, uh, they'll maintain the spending patterns. Therefore, we can, as investors, can rely on them. And Oshkosh, OSK is a symbol, is a $7.8 billion company, manufactures specialty, commercial, fire, emergency, military trucks, truck bodies, and crane components. Uh, They're going to make $8.42 next year. That's 28% higher than this year. This year was 33% higher than last year, 653 So at 842 the stock is at $114. So it's not cheap. It's not super expensive, but it's more on the expensive side than the cheap side. Recent sales were up 40%, the most recent quarter. The quarter, be- the quarter before that, they were up only 5%. So can they that, – remember, that's built into the price, the top was about 138 or so, and it's fallen down to 114. So, I think it's too late. I think it's too late to, you know, you got to wait for a more a more significant pullback below 100. As we as you move into your senior years, it's best to be to be debt free, as we have pointed out many times. And so, as we're heading to break, let, let's talk about our trivia question. What do you suppose is the average amount of student loan debt? Per person's age, 62 and older in the U.S. Do deaths for the older people. How many people are there in that group? At the break, I'll give you the answer. 888-99-CHARTERS, is our number.
1: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust Invest Talk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50 percent off. Visit Rosettastone.com/today. That's 50 percent off, unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50 percent off now at Rosettastone.com/today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution.
0: You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888 99
3: Chart. Okay, before the break, I had a trivia question What do you suppose is the average amount of student loan debt? for person's age 62 and older in the U.S. we're talking about. And how many people are in that group? So it's probably no surprise that student loan borrowers who are in the oldest age group, which is 62 and older, are also members of the smallest group. Yet roughly 2.3 million borrowers in this age group carry a substantial amount of student loan debt. 2.3 million of them. What Are they crazy? What kind of thinking are you, think, are you doing there? According to statistics from the U.S. Department of Education, Q4, quarter four 2020, borrowers in this age group have an average balance of $37,739. This is a higher than, than what 25 to 34-year-old age fresh out of college carry. Their average is 33000 I mean, this is what I I do not understand. You're 62 or older, and you have this much student debt? I mean, I I just think in general, that makes absolutely no sense. Makes no sense. Unlike recent grads, however, folks in the 60s have had years of interest occurring, which will continue to drive up their student loan balances, make it difficult for them to ever pay it off. Uh, duh. You're moving into the age where your income is going to be down, not up. You're going to be retiring soon. Many people retire in their 60s, late 60s, retire because they have to, sometimes for health reasons, sometimes you just can't do the job anymore, and now you're going to be on fixed income, from Social Security, and whatever savings you have. Well, you, Those people probably don't have a lot of savings or else they wouldn't have so much debt. Ah, So what can you do about it? Well, you can refinance and try to get the lowest percentage debt you can. Uh, You can file for bankruptcy. I don't know if that will work, Um, depending on what else assets you have. Um, You know, when you move into retirement, people, you have to have no debt. No debt. Generally speaking, you should have no credit card debt, no home mortgage debt, no debt whatsoever, because you no longer have an active income, generally speaking. So, please concentrate on that before you get to retirement age. Anyways, let's keep things moving and uh, pivot back to Invest Talk Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier at eight 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 ninety nine chart. This is Tom in Tennessee. Thanks, guys, for all you do. Have a kind of a quick question about the utility grid improvements, upgrades that hopefully are coming with the new stimulus. And was wondering, would you guys focus on the utility operators
0: or the companies like ABB that supply so much the
3: uh, new equipment that would be needed for upgrades to substations and that sort of thing uh appreciate your insight on this and will be listening on the podcast thanks i would not i would not i would not concentrate on the utility operator they're going to call it, they're going to they're going to incur more debt because they're going to be able they're going to upgrade yes the government will help them and all that wonderful stuff but who's going to benefit Is the is the companies that make the parts that will allow the upgrade to happen the, they're, they're the ones are going to get the orders, more equipment, more more supply of whatever it is that these utility companies need to improve their grid. So that's why I would concentrate, you know, my search for new stock ideas. So that's what I think you should do, okay? So let's keep moving along. This is the best talk. Let's make it two. This came in earlier from New York.
2: Hello, guys. This is Luke from New York. Thank you, as always, for all the help you provide. My question is on Carrier, symbol C-A-R-R. I have a position on it. I bought it at 42 It's a stock I want to hold long term. just wanted to ask, what's the next price range that I could purchase Carrier again? Keep buying on, on on dips, or is there a support level that I should be looking at? Thank you. Have a good day.
3: Carrier Global Corporation, a $47 billion company, so it's a pretty big company. Designs, distributes, heating, ventilating, air conditioning, refrigeration, fire, security systems. Earnings went up 34%, are going to go up 34% this year to $2.22, and then another 11% to $2.47. And I will tell you that, 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 num- those numbers are already built into the price of the stock. Sales growth has accelerated in recent, cro- uh, recent quarters. Up thirty seven percent, the most recent quarter, and before that was twenty one percent. Before that was two, before that was four. So everybody knows this now. You're, you're you're following it. You're you're chasing returns on this one. It has gone up and up and up and up. It's now coming back off its fifty two week high, which was what fifty seven percent. Fifty seven dollars a share is now fifty five. Uh, I wouldn't be interested in this stock until it pulled back all the way to the mid 40s. I would not, because uh, it's just gotten ahead of itself. Don't 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 chase it. The five year PE ratio is six to twenty eight. Remember, it's a fifty five dollars stock, and I make two dollars and forty seven cents next year. So that's a 22 percent 22 PE, and the range of six to twenty eight. So it's high at the high end of its range. Don't chase it, okay? On almost every program, a podcast, I like to reserve a minute or so to remind people of what we do at KPP Financial and what the benefits are. Justin Klein and I offer client-investor services through our company, KPP Financial. We are based in Irvine, California. That's in Orange County in Southern California. And, of course, one of the main benefits we have here is called uh, parallel investing. We obviously provide unbiased guidance. We do that all the time. But the parallel investing is where I buy the same things for myself as I do for the client. So I'm on the same side of the table as you are when it comes to investments. And I like that a lot. And so, you know, I, my, my performance will track my client's performance. We have a number of in, uh, uh, strategies we implement. We have like five different strategies from very low risk to pretty high risk. Uh, depending on what you fit, what you want. Um, If you want us to take a look at your portfolio, we'd be happy to do that. You can call our office at KPP Financial, Irvine, California, or send us an email. You can go to our website, uh, investtalk.com, or kppfinancial.com, and click on the Contact Us button. that sends an email directly to us. So, And after you speak to us about 10 minutes, you'll realize that we're a little bit different. We are not... We are not trying to sell you anything. We'd be happy to have you as a client, but if you just need some help, we'll be happy to give you some of the advice as well. We will do that. We want we like helping people. We want to help them any way we can. So give us a call. 888-99 Charter is our number on the radio. You can call us right now. We're live. Next up we will play a stock question from a listener in Canada. That's coming up in about thirty seconds. Our Invest
2: Talk mission to help you make better investing decisions. To do that on your own, thumbs up or thumbs down choices based on good, solid investing principles. But we need your questions to keep us on track. 888-99-CHART or click on Contact Steve or Contact Justin on investtalk.com.
0: Hi, Steve and Justin. Good afternoon. This is Sade from Toronto, Canada, I have a question regarding ticker symbol CLF, Cleveland Cliff. Sometime back I picked up this stock, but then later I realized based on your feedback that that's uh, not a good choice. However, I'm currently at 30% profit on the table, and I would like to reassess the scenario, whether is it still a good stock to keep it for some more time or preferably a long term or should I walk off with my profit? Can you please advise? I will listen to your response in the next forecast. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Bye.
3: Okay, well, I probably take the profits and leave. Cleveland Cliffs is a producer of flat-rolled steel and supplier of iron ore pellets in North America. And the reason why, not that there's bad anything bad about the company is it's a $12 billion company but because their earnings are so erratic. For instance, in 2020, they made $0.06 a share, and you can understand that because of COVID. Before, that was $1.12 in 2019. 2018, it was $3.63. 2017, there was $0.71 per share. So what about going forward? This year, they're going to make $5.80. And it's a $24 stock. So you say, man, that is very low cost. That's a low P.E. But next year, they're going to make $3.39, 42% less. That's what I don't like about it. It's so erratic in its earnings. One of the re- is Another reason I don't like it is the debt is very high. They're carrying a lot of debt. So um, they don't pay any dividend. Uh, the return on equity, ROE is only 2%. I like mine to be in the teens, and this is only 2%. Sales growth has been very strong. That's the bright light, the good news. I mean, the most recent quarter, three hundred sixty-two percent growth. Before that, was almost a thousand percent growth. Before that, three hundred percent growth. Before that, a ninety hundred ninety-six. Those are the last four quarters. So the sales growth has done very well. But why isn't the earnings following suit? It did this year, but next year it's going down. Why? And the stock has done very well. Going from three dollars a share to twenty six today is at twenty four. Uh, uh, well, uh, I think I think you've had a really nice run. What makes you think it'll keep going up? Could it keep going? Sure, but I think you're too late to be buying this stock. Too late. Let's go to Mike in San Jose. How you doing, Mike? I mean, good. Thank you. I was hoping call- you could give me your opinion on Roku.
0: I've been
3: eyeing on it, waiting patiently. You think it's a good time to pick some stuff? Okay, let's take a look at Roku. Uh, Roku Inc. Uh, out of San Jose develops streaming entertainment devices for delivering entertainment to the television. They're going to make a dollar sixty-one next year per share. Making a dollar twenty this year. Before that, but they've been losing per share. So they're finally making money, uh, but it's a three hundred fifty-seven dollars stock. I mean you got to have a lot of faith in this company uh, that they continue to grow like it has. Like the most recent quarter, 80% sales growth. Before, that was 79. Before, that was 58. 73. I mean, it's had very strong sales growth over the last two years, per quarter, every quarter. So it was losing money year over year over year. And then to this year, they're finally going to make money for the first time. Next year, and they're also going to make money. So they turned the corner. The question you have to ask is: It worth three hundred and fifty-seven dollars a share when they're going to make a dollar <laughs> yeah. and they're growing eighty percent? I think that's a little steep, even for a high-growth stock. Um, if you have a lot, I, I don't where, know. Where you n- buy it? Go ahead. What'd you say?
0: At what price you think it's
3: worth looking at it? I think. Well, I I would think about three to three twenty-five. Then I'd be much more okay. interested. Um even that, even that is expensive, but the sales growth has been pretty stellar. So I'd be interested in that, that price range. Mike, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. R O Q R O K U. Ruco Inc. eight 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 ninety nine 99 chart, eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight 992 4278 Vanguard says the best investment to fight inflation is commodities. Now, do you know what a beta is? Beta is uh, beta is a relationship between some base number and the particular e- equity or sector that you're looking at. So if inflation is the beta, and every time inflation goes up 1%, what would happen to other assets? Do they go up, go down? How much do they go up? And that's the beta. So the beta of commodities compared to inflation, for every 1% increase in inflation, the beta is 7 to 9, meaning it's much more volatile on the upside. Treasury inflation-protected tips, treasury bonds, the beta is 1 to 1. So that's not very good. Okay, Uh, so every 1% increase, the best investment would be in the commodities, at least according to to history guess what right now that's not happening it's not even though we're having lots of inflation the tech stocks still are the champions (laughs) so so far it has not really happened now the question to ask is inflation going forward is it going to increase reduce stay the same and what should work going forward because you know looking backwards doesn't help you I think I'd play the odds and make sure I have some commodities in my portfolio, play the odds. And I think that's a smart thing to do. Okay? Retail sales were down 1.1%. They expected it to be down 3 tenths of 1%, and it was up 7 tenths of 1% the month before. If you take out autos, retail sales was down 4 tenths of 1%. They expected it to be up 2 tenths of 1%. So I think that was the driver of stock prices today on the downside. Retail sales were not very good. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. We have one goal here, one goal only, and that's to help you achieve financial freedom. We'll do our best to help you get there. But you've got to do your part. Give us a question. 888 99 Chart.
2: Invest Talk is all about above average investing for the average investor. And the question is during the market downturn, do dividends stay fairly steady? Um, I wanted to see if you thought that that was a safer place to park the money for a long term. Just kind of wondering if this stock is a value trap. What's your question? You're the best person to ask it. 888 99 Chart. Invest Talk
0: is here to help. And when you download the free Invest Talk podcasts, don't forget to rate and review. The phone lines are open, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin, thanks again for what you guys do. Really appreciate it here. Hey, I've got a dividend question. I've heard you guys say in the past that when a dividend is paid, the share price actually goes down to reflect that dividend
1: that was paid. So I'm just kind of curious where the benefit is to holding these dividend stocks, high dividend paying stocks. What am I missing with that? And then also, if you could elaborate just a little bit on the X dividend date and exactly how that works, I'm just kind of curious if there is a benefit to purchasing a stock just prior to the X dividend date. Hey, thanks again. Appreciate what you guys do, and I'll uh, listen for your uh, response on the podcast.
3: No, there's no benefit at all. Prying the stock just before it goes X dividend. X dividend date is the announced date by the company of when they're going to pay the dividend and how much it is. So they'll announce it three weeks from now we're going to pay 32 cents a share on such and such a date. That's going to be the dividend for this quarter or this year or whatever they announce it. Um, the d- a dividend, it's giving you, the shareholder, some of the profits the company has. You're the owner of the company. You deserve some of the profits. Okay, if the company's not growing, how are you ever going to, you know, what if they're a big, old, stable company? How are you ever going to benefit? You benefit through the dividend. And yes, the price goes down, the price of the stock goes down the exact amount of the dividend. So overnight, it'll it'll open up exactly down the, the amount of dividend at the opening on the X dividend date. Okay, and so... If you're in the stock market and you want income, that's what dividends provide, income. Some companies like utilities don't really have much growth, if any. So there are certain companies that don't have much growth, so they have to attract investors through dividends. Okay? Um, uh, if you remember, right, last week I talked about insurance and where there was a big exclusion uh, of uh, insurrection and war. I had an email from a retired CPCU person. CPCU is a, a designation. His name is Dan. I won't give the last name. CPCU is the brainiacs in the insurance business. They they passed this uh, some very difficult courses to become a CPCU. Anyway, he says that he says that even though I, I you know pretty much I'm correct about war and, and insurrection, that riot and civil commotion. And vandalism and malicious mischief may be covered, not excluded. So I might be out of date with my information because I was insurance long ago. So uh, it is possible, all those fires and riot, fires you see in these riots, that, that there's coverage there. So, of course, you got to read your insurance policy and make sure that it says those things. Talk to your agent about that. I find agents don't really... Oh, what's inside the policy? <laughs> they, they really don't know what the exclusions and conditions are and limitations. They, they have a general understanding, but they don't know the details. Uh, um, J.P. Morgan remains bullish. Remains bullish. They are. Prefer- this is a quote from their investment VP guy. Uh, they prefer value names over growth at this point. They think bond yields are going to slowly rise by year end. That ties in into what I said at the beginning of the show. I think uh, we're, the Fed is not going to be putting any pressure for rates to go down, and we're at the very lowest rates, both in mortgages and bonds, that we're probably going to see this cycle. But we won't know that. I mean, history, we won't know that until looking back. But I do think the Fed is going to be watching inflation very closely. They said they're going to let it run for a while. Well, it's running at about 5.5% right now. That's more than the long-term average of 3 and and 3.5. It's over twice what it was a year or so ago, two years ago. So it is running pretty high. Will they let it keep going? I think they will. I think until it gets six, seven, eight percent, will they actually start to worry? But they think it's going to come down. They, meaning the Federal Reserve, they think it's going to start to ease. And we saw that the CPI, the uh, CPI and the PPI, which is Consumer Price Index and the Consumer Price Index, did kind of soften last month. Later this week, we're going to have the PCE inflation numbers, which is by the way the Federal Reserve's favorite inflation number to look at and that'll give us another look at the picture of inflation in our economy. See, I'm Steve Peasley and this completes another InvestTalk program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening and we encourage you to tell your friends and family about InvestTalk.com. It's a free podcast for everybody. You can get them anytime you want at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and restock.com. And be sure to review and rate us on iTunes. We do appreciate you doing that for us. And uh, let's see. You know you can browse the podcast by topics. You know, it's depending on what, you, what you're what you looking for. 401k, interest rates, you know, market volatility, Chinese. Any, any topic that you can think of, you can browse by.